Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 79 of the Basketball Card Podcast, brought to you by Alt. Alt.xyz has 400 items ending Thursday as part of their liquid auctions. It's a super easy platform, connects to your bank directly. They have low fees, great tech and information, and incredible customer service. What are you waiting for? Register on the Alt platform today. Today, of course, we're talking about the national. I typically hate. I don't actually don't like the word hate. I typically don't like talking about what everyone else is talking about. I don't like doing that. But today is really my only chance, right, to talk about the national. It's where I was between Wednesday and Friday. It was unbelievable, and there's a million things to say about it. And so, this is really my chance to do it. So. Although I don't like talking about what everybody's talking about today, I'm going to do exactly that and give you my own uh, unique spin on it, which I hope you guys like to hear. Um, what I liked, what I didn't like, stories, things I learned, all that sort of stuff. So let's start with what I liked. Number one thing about the National is not acquiring cards. <laughs> it is not about the cards even. It's about, for me, it's about seeing friends. Um, seeing people who I haven't seen in a long time, seeing people I'd never seen before. It was about building relationships with people who I, who I knew and who I wanted to know better. Uh, that is easily the best part of the national. There isn't a close second. There isn't anything that's close to close to second. Um, that's the number one part about the national. I think if you talk to a lot of people, you're going to hear most people say that maybe some dealers do really well at the national and they make a lot of money, but the cards are not super well priced for the most part there aren't you know there isn't a search function that allows you to sort of see the cards that you might be interested in throughout all of the tables you just have to look and it's like looking at you know an online platform that has no ability to search it could take a long time um, it's the people that's number one next thing that i really loved about the national was um, the ability to connect with companies in the space all really within not too far of each other I think I went into about 10 to 12 hobby company booths and had meaningful interactions with them. It's a fantastic way to do that. And building those relationships there is something that you can't do via email, you can't do it via social. The next thing that I love, remember how I said that I didn't love how um, didn't love how you could buy certain cards or you couldn't you couldn't find certain cards easily. That's true. But at the same time, there are cards that you might may find that, that um, you may be able to set up beforehand or you may find something that is interesting and you may want to be able to try, try to trade for it. Trading via the national is awesome. And um, what we haven't seen yet is a trading platform online that replicates anything close to what you can do at a card show. Um, for the most part, the platforms online are more concerned with buying and selling cards, cards being exchanged for cash or vice versa. Um, and being able to do that at the national is amazing. Did I make any trades? No, <laughs> but, uh, but it is possible. And I got really close on a couple of them. The other thing that I think that's great is that it gives you a chance to learn new things. There are uh, panel discussions. There are people who you meet who know things that you need to know. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can that you can learn. And so those are my things that I love about the National and knew most of them going in, but, uh, but those were sort of my main takeaways. Next, I will hit some of the things that I did not love about the National. 
Most of you know about PWCC. What you might not know is how much of the market share of auctions PWCC has taken from eBay. Every week, over 10,000 auctions, including thousands of basketball cards, end on the PWCC marketplace. If you haven't joined, it's super easy. It takes only a few minutes to register and begin bidding on everything from $5 cards to million-dollar cards. I recently picked up a 2007 Topps Chrome Superfractor of Kevin Garnett on the PWCC weekly auction. What are you waiting for? Register today at pwccmarketplace.com and start bidding. Number one thing I did not love about the national guys, um, when you if you haven't been before, when people say that it's easy to get lost, you might say, oh, I've got a great sense of direction. You know, I'll be able to figure things out. The the size the size is is not you can't even describe it to somebody. It is acres and acres of area. Um, it's like if you took I don't know like twenty Costco's and put them next to each other, uh, maybe bigger than that. It's so so big. Um, and so really, what you have to be able to depend on is booth numbers. But the problem is that the booth numbers are not well. So they're not in places where you can see them and in in, in, you can't ever see a booth number. What you can see is like these signs up high that show what aisle you're on. And that for me was not super helpful. I mean, a few times it was. A few times I was able to find them and it was actually super helpful. But in a lot of cases, you can't find them. And so I found that I was that I got lost like a ton. There were times because I, I went in at different entrances. Um, sometimes I was able to go in um, as a dealer, <laughs> I, had, I had a dealer help me out uh, twice. Two different dealers were able to help, help me to get in. Um, and then one other time I was able to, uh, I, I, I went in on a regular general admission uh, pass. Um, since I went in three different ways, it was hard to even sort of figure out sometimes where the front was. And it was hard to just like get my bearings. When I went to leave at the end, I had a hard time like getting to the exit. I know that sounds so stupid, but I really couldn't. It was that big that I couldn't even figure out like how to leave the building. Um, it is so big, it's hard to describe. And and if you're not going to at least have, you know, if it's going to be so big, I think one of the things that is imperative is having a way to be able to find where you're going. And the booth numbers and the, the numbers up high, that is a great way to do that. And I think it could have just been really, like, it could be done a lot better. I think if they spent double the money on putting up those signs, um, it could be really, really helpful. The ones that did exist were, were really helpful, but I think they could do a better job of that. The next thing that I didn't love, and you heard a lot of people talk about this probably, was the heat. In some places of the National, especially the first day I was there on Wednesday, um, and then later on Thursday too, it was so hot that I thought if I was a dealer here, I don't think I'd be able to stay. I think I'd be able, I think I'd have to leave. It was like sweltering, super warm, and it was super humid in Chicago. Um, I felt it as soon as I got off the plane, but you'd like to think that the convention center, especially because it's got all these cards and stuff in it, you'd like, you'd like to think that, that it wasn't so humid. So that was, you know, that was unfortunate. And then the third thing that I wrote down is like, maybe like um, related to that, like not everybody's going to take this one as a negative, but I, I do take it as a massive negative. There was an incredible pot smell or marijuana smell pretty much everywhere I went, but especially the moment I took a step outside the national, right? There was like a smoking section and it was, or a smoking area. And it was just, uh, you know, 
I'm from Salt Lake. Maybe we don't have as have have a ton of this compared to a lot of a lot of other places, and so I'm ultra sensitive to it. But like, the pot smell was overwhelming. It was everywhere. It made me glad that my son wasn't there. That I because I because I almost brought him. I think I told you guys that a couple weeks ago. I almost took him, but decided against it. I didn't love that. Again, I know that's probably just me. I know I'm probably being ultra sensitive, but it was something that bugged me. I wish it wasn't like that, but it is even in, on the inside. Um, and then you know, the last thing is, like in previous years, and again, I hadn't been to a national in four years. Okay, so my experience was going to be different. The hobby is definitely a very different world. This footprint of this one, although I'd been to the Donald Stevens Convention Center before, I'd never been to the National where they'd taken as much room. It was probably twice as big as the last time I was there. Um, they opened up a whole huge area that hadn't been opened up in the past. And so um, you know, what I didn't anticipate was this last sort of negative, which is that like there were people who were there Wednesday, Wednesday through Friday that I thought, oh, I'll just run into you at some point and then we'll be able to talk then who I never ran into, people who I really wanted to see. Um, you know, I thought about, like, for example, Courtney from Reckless Cards. Um, so many people, and I shouldn't even start going down the list. My, like, friends from Salt Lake that I was assume, assuming that I would see there, people who were there all three days, and all of us were just walking around the whole time, and we never ran into each other. When it's so big... And we like that it's big, right? We like that there were many tens of thousands of people there. But like when it's so big that you can't find anybody randomly that you'd like to, that's, I think that maybe it's too big. You might say, well, you just had to look them up or you had to text them or whatever. That's true, but you'd like to think that you might just bump into people, you know, over a three day, three days together. It's so big now that you, that you might not. At least that was my experience. I suspect most of you have been on MC Sports Cards items on eBay. At nearly 60,000 positive feedback, they're one of the biggest consignment companies on eBay. What you might not know is that they've started a focus auction for 1K and over items that end Monday nights, and they call it MC Mondays. Dozens of huge cards end on Monday, all at open auction. You could check out the items by searching by seller and going to MC underscore sports cards today. All right, this was the section that I wanted to get to the most. Stories, things that like, things that like I, I learned, takeaways, but most of all stories. Okay, so, so many things to go with. I'll, I'll, I'll just start with this one. So on Thursday night, I went to trade night with G, I said the Lucky Show 05 on Instagram, um, and a couple other guys, JJJ Gambino. And uh, Lameem, uh, Christian, he was there, Lameem James, and a couple of other guys. And we went to trade to, to the trade show, the main trade show, late because we knew it was going to be super busy and we didn't want to wait in line. And last year, apparently, after there was this giant long wait, you were able to get in. So we waited a while. I just like sort of sat out in the lobby and talked with people for a while. And then those guys showed up and we were going to go up the escalator and go into to the trade show. So beforehand... Um, 610 sports cards had told me that it that it, he wasn't going because he didn't feel like it was really worth it from from previous years that it, it had been i don't want to misrepresent what he said it used to be worth it but maybe it wasn't as good now as as it is as it used to be and so um 
I respect his opinion, and so I thought maybe it's not even worth going in. But then I thought, you know what? No, everybody else wants to go here, go in, so let's go. But when we went, it was like, oh my goodness, we're going to wait in this line on the outside forever. Like, there's a super long line, even after an hour. And so one of the guys in our group, who I haven't mentioned, actually went to somebody who was a security guard and paid him 20 bucks to, um, <laughs> to, let, us, to let us in. So we were able to get in. We were able to get into the um, convention or to the to the trade night. I've never been part of that before. That was kind of funny. Um, and like as soon as we walked in, we were like, "Ugh, what are we doing in here? This is just awful." I don't mean it from the perspective of like it was awful because there wasn't a lot going on. There was so much going on. Every table was completely full. People had sort of cleaned their tables, put their cards out, and they were waiting for people to walk around. But there was so little space in between the tables. You couldn't really walk in between most of them. You couldn't really get to other tables. It was kind of a bust the second that we walked in. And granted, it was a free event. I like, And they did an amazing job. There was a huge footprint for this area. It was super cool. It just wasn't where I wanted to be. You know, It just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I think everybody else in the group sort of felt this way too. So we actually went back out to the lobby that's not not down the escalator, but just at the top, like where the line had been. And the three of us, four of us, just sat down, put some of our cards on the ground, and waited as people walked into the show or into the into the um, into the trade night. And that part of this was awesome. It was so much fun. And I talked to G about this afterwards. It was like the biggest regret. He said, I think he's, he was sort of joking. He said this, but but kind of half joking. Like it was one of the biggest regrets of the show that we then had to leave later because we had, um, you know, we had dinner plans and uh, dinner reservations. And so we, you know, we ha we spent a little while there. I almost did a couple of deals, which is funny because I don't, I just don't do deals at shows, guys. I know this sounds silly, but I've literally never purchased a card at a card at a, at a national. Um, after spending something like 100 hours in, in the national, I've never bought a single card. It's not what I do. I end up talking to people the whole time. But being able to put down my cards and having people walk up to me and sort of express interest and say, hey, would you do this? Would you do that? It was awesome. We had a blast. And um, I know a couple of people who were there actually did do some deals just sitting there at that trade night. It made me feel like I wish we would have gone up to that trade night earlier. I wish we would have put the stuff on the ground faster. And we would have just sort of like gone at it and talked to a lot of people. It also made me feel like, Maybe it would be kind of cool at some point to have a table. I've never ponied up for a table just because it's so darn expensive. Um, but but that was sort of the first part that was awesome. Then um, G, the Lucky Show 05, took a group of us to dinner uh, at Gibson Steakhouse, and that was amazing and wonderful. G's one of the kindest, best people in the whole hobby. He's just a fantastic guy. And so we all had a lot of fun together. I didn't know most of the people in the group, got to know a lot of them better, though, and had a blast. I almost traded for a card I have been after for nine years. Um, since 2014, <laughs> Mark, uh, Mr. B's Collectibles, and I have had an open dialogue about me acquiring his Rudy Gobert Logoman autographed rookie card. It is a card that I um, made an offer on when it was on eBay back in 2014, and then it disappeared. The guy who bought it paid like fifteen hundred bucks for it or seventeen hundred bucks. I like, I think I offered him twelve or thirteen hundred and then lost out. Uh, that's what those things were worth back then. 
I think that person must have sold it to Mark for a lot more because Mark uh, told me what he paid for it, and I was like, oh crap, well that's a lot more. He told me that he told me all this back long time ago. So it's been literally nine years that I've been trying to acquire this card from Mark, and he over the years has has um, has requested large cards in exchange for this Rudy Gobert card. Um, Rudy Gobert. No, none of you, probably half of you have stopped listening to the podcast because you don't want to hear about my Rudy Gobert card, but the reality is, like, I love Rudy Gobert. I'm a huge jazz fan, and I love what he did for the jazz. Been a huge fan forever. So I really wanted to own this, what I think is Rudy Gobert's best card in existence. It's inscribed, go jazz, or go jazz with an exclamation mark. It has easily the best Gobert autograph on it. It's got Unreal Holofoil. It's inscribed with the number 27. I am the 27 guy, the real 27 guy on Instagram. All these reasons are why I want this card. It's the best Gobert card in the world, right? And Mark made me the best offer he's ever made me. It's still not going to seem like that to you when I tell you what it is. But he offered to trade it to me for a Kevin Garnett PMG championship. And I was this close. I've got my fingers out and I've got them really close together. This close to doing this deal. Um... The Gobert's probably worth like six to eight thousand dollars on the open market at auction. Maybe even a little bit less, but probably six to eight grand. Um, Garnett's probably worth fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars, and I understand that you want to make trades that are even. I also have been trying with Mark for all these years, and so to have it be that close, I almost said yes. I almost did the deal. In the end, I said, hey, Mark, would you be willing to even do like a few grand on top? And he's still not willing to. And so I backed away. Um, and we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll still get a deal done. But it's just ah, it's just devastating because I wanted to bring the card home. But I think sometimes we make these decisions for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we say, I'm going to do the trade because I haven't done the trade yet. Or this is my chance or whatever. And then sometimes you're too patient and you miss out on an opportunity. So I'm not going to preach about how you can figure out timing. I don't know. What I do know is that it's hard to get, when you want a one of one, it's hard to sometimes get the card for the price that's fair. And so, man, it's just a killer. I want that card so bad, but it didn't happen. I also made a, a trade also with Card Collector 291. Um, is a little bit different. It actually involved that same Garnett PMG Championship and some other things. That's not a card that I'm looking to get rid of, but it's a card that several people want. And so it, it's, um, you know, it's not surprising that several people want it, but he and I almost made a trade. I almost made a trade with a couple of other people. Did not make any in the end. It did sell one individual Harry Potter card um, as I look to satisfy a small debt that I have. Um, I... Also, the other some, some other sort of last last minute things here that I want to mention. I got a bunch of copies of BCF signed, which for me, which was really fun. I brought print copies, and then I got them signed by people who I love in the hobby and who have written for for Basketball Card Fanatic, um, which, which was amazing. Um, I um, I could have taken a lot more stuff than I did, um, but it's just hard to figure out what stuff to take in your bag, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I still think I could have, I brought one card, like I brought a couple cards that like I wasn't intending on trading. I wanted to show them to specific people. And then 
because I found some bigger cards that I was interested in, I almost ended up trading a couple of them. So it's kind of good that those deals didn't happen. Um, you know, the last few things that I want to say is that I spent about a thousand bucks to go and have this whole experience at the national. I feel like that was entirely worth it. It was 100% well spent. Um, mostly because of the stories that I have from hanging out with people and those experiences, but also because it's just wonderful to get to know the other people in the hobby. Um, it was 100% the right decision to, to, to spend that thousand bucks to go and have that experience. Again, I didn't make a trade. I didn't acquire a card. I didn't buy a card. It's my third national where I have not, I've only acquired one card ever in a national, the Damian Lillard 2012 flawless uh, rookie card. Nothing else besides that. But it's about the people, guys. It's about the experiences and about those inside jokes and things that you learn along the way. And uh, and for me, that happened uh, in spades, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, and the last thing that I just want to say about this is if you have not been before to a ma major card show, it is a wonderful experience to go and to see how many different types of people there are in the hobby. You will certainly not feel like you fit in with everyone. Um, but... Like I found as I sat down with a group of vintage collectors towards um, the end of, it was the end of Thursday, we sat down and we just like sat on the ground, like in the middle of this sort of like outer part of the national that wasn't quite as busy. We just sat down and we just chatted and we had so much fun, guys. So much fun. Um, if you find yourself in, a, in the financial situation to be able to go to the national or to go to another major card show, I would recommend it 100%. Go get to get to know people and have a great experience. All right, guys. Next week I will be back with a more traditional topic. I have a couple really good ones in mind. I think that you will like. And until next time, happy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Basketball Card Podcast. Reminder to subscribe to Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine at bcfmag.com. Remember to use discount code BASKETBALL10 for 10% off any item in the store. That's bcfmag.com.